You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. Welcome, everybody, to the Masonic Light Podcast. I'm Jack Harley, uh, sitting in this uh, this episode for uh, Pete Ruggieri, who is uh, floating around somewhere halfway between a hot tub and the bar on a cruise ship destined to nowhere. So... Uh, Sitting here with uh, Jason Lewis. How you doing? And Larry Maris. Hello there. And our guest uh, for this episode is Ron Schwartz. Hello. Um, so uh, we're just uh, going to kind of jump in because uh, Pete's not here to make smarmy comments. So uh, <laughs> that's what we expect you to do, Jack. <laughs> all right, um, Larry, you want to you want to jump in well, and get us started here? Yeah. Usually, what we do at this point in time is we talk about the Masonic week that was. And I'll start off, and then basically, if you were at meetings, if you were involved in some way or other in Masonic functions, let's talk about it. I'll start off by bringing up the fact that uh, we had last Thursday and the Thursday before that, uh, the Goose and Gridiron breakfast. And actually, we're having some problems with the Goose and Gridiron, the fact that we're growing and the space that we have at this one particular restaurant is getting smaller. Hear that, Masonic World? There's a body that's growing. It's a body that's growing. Look at that. Unfortunately, though, it's growing because half of them are 80 years old. So they're, it's a short growth. And their girth is growing, and that's exactly. why we have breakfast. So. Yeah, exactly. my, my Masonic body is definitely growing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's where we are. I didn't get the chance to go to Grotto. So, Jason, I'll hand it off to you. We had our Grotto meeting. It was a little lately un, uh, unattended. Lightly unattended, lightly attended. Uh, Pete was on a cruise, of course, stuck in a current somewhere. And we, uh, it was a good grotto, but it was right, right on the heels of Autumn Days, which is the open house for Masonic villages that everybody, uh, every Masonic body was represented there. And I feel like that might have had something to do with our low attendance. And it was also our first one back. There was the also summer. a big event at Elizabethtown. There was a, um, um, <clears throat> Legion of Honor. Legion of Honor. The Demolay was awarding the Legion of Honor uh, right. ceremony, and it was a packed house. I think two hundred and twenty people. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a beautiful ceremony if you've never seen it. And uh, for you Masons out there, um, find your local Demolay chapter. Those kids do amazing work. Uh, go and visit them, um, as well as the girls. Um, but the Legion of Honor ceremony is uh, is really something to see. And it's basically their version of. It's the highest honor, so it's like the DMLA 33rd, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think they confer it on non-DMLA, they confer it on Masons. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Did you go? I did not. I did not either. I was, supposed, I, was, I was all ready to go, and I something came up at the house, and I just could not make it. Masonically, I think the only, only other thing I did was Goose and Gridiron, which we already discussed. Yeah, we're getting big. How about you, Ron? What did you do Masonically in the last couple of weeks? Oh, nothing very exciting. I went to the uh, regular meeting, and then uh, we had an extra meeting that I went to where we had two first degrees, so that was, that was kind of nice. I try, to get, I try to get to as many of those extra meetings as I can. 
I enjoy those. I actually enjoy those more than the regular meetings sometimes. Yeah, 43 had our stated. Well, I think we all had our stated since then. <clears throat> you had your stated. We have ours on second Tuesday. Yeah. Right. And we had an extra meeting. We did a fellow craft and a entered apprentice. And then we had rehearsal for school of instruction. Yeah, that's right. I went to school of instruction. Forgot about that. And 43 voted on their bylaws, which was pretty fun. Ooh. Not really. Dues increase? <laughs> uh, no. 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 Three years in a row now. Holding Grand, the line. Nice. Grand, Grand Launch has gone up two bucks, and we have decided to continue to eat that for now. Very good. Yeah. That can cool. cause some turmoil on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to do it at some point, so I think the, the thought is do it, you know, a $5 increment. Rip the Band-Aid off. Down yeah. the road okay. when, when it's really needed. Yep. Got it. That's all I have. So my Masonic week or uh, month, really, um, we had uh, our state of meeting second Tuesday. We had a, a first degree on the Thursday after. And then last week, we had uh, two second degrees. And I conferred one of the second. I conferred the long second. And that gets me um, all but all my qualifications for the Master Pillar Award. Uh, I've got two little things I need to tidy up there, including uh, I have to go to uh, a Grand Lodge uh, quarterly, so I won't be able to do that till December, but after that I should be able to turn in the paperwork and get that done. Um, but uh, along after Grotto, um, last night I had a fantastic mentoring session with two guys that got their fellographs, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I just love that, um, going in there and just talking about what all that stuff means and what they sat through and, you know, cause when you're, when you're kneeling there, it, it, it's coming at you like a fire hose and it takes, you know, a little bit of thinking about it to really understand what it was you got through. So I love doing that. Well, speaking about mentoring, we're kind of queuing up for our guest here. Uh, I guess we should mention that uh, if we sound a little bit different, we are in a different room today and we are recording live from the Four Seasons Golf Resort and there's a Tall Cedars meeting about to start and uh a recurring theme on masonic light podcast is chicken pot pie so we're all gearing up to go eat some chicken pot pie when we're done here you're kidding me right no it's chicken nice. pot pie why do you think we're here instead of at pizza house we had the, we had the keys to pizza they're not going like, to turn down chicken pot pie dude. <laughs> Come on, it was either free booze at pete's or chicken pot pie that we have to pay for and chicken pot pie one just goes to show you where our, our priorities are yeah you're lucky there's no scrapple come on it's yeah <laughs> Do you guys have anything else, or should we uh, head into the break? Yeah, let's head into the break. I got to go right. to the bathroom. All right, Larry's got to go it. pee. <laughs> All right, this is Jason Lewis from the Sonic Light Podcast, live at the Autumn Days at the Elizabethtown Masonic Villages. Snap, George is next to me. He's shaking his head no. But but next to me is the current Worshipful Master of Lebanon Lodge number 226. And what's your name? Abe Schaffner. Abe Schaffner. Now, you were just on a field trip with the Ubar Monarch and our co-host Pete Ruggieri, right? I guess. Weird Al? Yes. So tell us about Weird Al. It was interesting. I, uh, I didn't know what to expect, but it was a good show. Did Pete behave himself? He did. Nothing wild? No, nothing wild. Just some booze. What was the coolest thing that you saw at the show? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to say probably the Amish Paradise. Did all the uh, the local Amish people go crazy for that song? 
Yes, sir. All right. That was Abe. Thank you so much for your little shout out. We're back, and uh, Larry can uh, have a seat now. Tuck that back in, Larry, and uh, we'll get back to work. Uh, so I think we're going to just, uh, uh, where are we going now? Are we going to jump right in with our yeah, guest? Yeah, we're going to jump right in with our guest. But right. First, let me introduce him to you. Ron Schwartz is our guest tonight. He's associate professor at Thaddeus Stevens College of Technology, uh, and he heads up the machine tool and computer-aided manufacturing department. Uh, Ron is one of those rare individuals that has a Bachelor of Arts degree and a technical degree from Stevens, something that I personally see as a growing trend in education today. Nothing like graduating from college with a degree and not being able to get a job. This is a way to circumvent that, and I think it's an intelligent way to do things. Ron became a Master Mason in 2014 and has been active in the Lodge since his raising. Currently, he serves as chairman of the fellowship committee and chairman of the Almoner Fund at Lamerton Lodge, uh, soon to be a tall cedar. Welcome, Ron. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yes, great. Good to have you here. We wanted to get you in here before, but we didn't get, a, didn't get an opportunity to do that. Recently, the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania began to emphasize the renewal of Almoner's funds, even though it has been a part of Masonic history and an integral part of our, of our every lodge's charge. What happened that suddenly this becomes a hot issue, not only for the Grand Lodge, but for Scottish Rite as well? Well, I honestly, I can't really answer that question. I'm not sure what conversations led up to that decision. I know it appeared in the... Uh, the uh, Grand Lodge newsletter, not newsletter, the quarterly. And uh, that's what got my attention, and I talked to the Worshipful Master about it. Um, I think it's an excellent idea. I mean, therefore, I mean, that's why I'm doing and step forward to take charge of it. Uh, but I'm not really sure where Grand Lodge was coming from when they made the decision. I have some theories. Uh, I don't know if they're accurate. Oh, we're all about speculation here. This oh, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't hold back. Speculate away. <laughs> Well, for me, um, being a Mason, you know, I, I really like uh, to entertain the idea of uh, being builders, and I think that we should play a more integral part in in uh, society. You know, we are the foundation. And uh, I see the Almoners Fund, I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, but more than just um, an opportunity to help brothers in need, but also, for lack of a better term, but a marketing tool. Uh, it's a way for us to show people that are not um, part of the craft, how we care for one another. And I think in today's society, and I know you and I have had this conversation, I spoke about this at Lodge, I think there's a need in society um, for um, people, people are lacking a sense of belonging in general, in my opinion. And I think the Masons can fill that void. And I see the Almoners Fund as a way of showing that. So that's how I'm kind of approaching it. I think once we get it on, our, on its feet, which it's not right now, um, I would like to use it as a marketing tool, you know, that's something that we can wave in the air and brag to people about. It was a little unclear when it was introduced, uh, when uh, Grandmaster Bateman took um, took the chair, um, that, uh, you know, how is this going to be implemented? How is it going to be funded? What is it? He, he was clear about what he wanted it to do, um, but some of the lodges were confused about how to implement it. Has your lodge kind of figured out 
like how that's going to work? Be- before you answer that, maybe for our listeners that aren't Pennsylvania Masons, um, it was Dietz, I think, right? Was it Dietz? It was Dietz, yeah, because that was his incoming. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, yes, yes. His yes. Uh, incoming initiative. But the Almoners Fund in Pennsylvania, uh, all of our Pennsylvania lodges have um, permanent and, and reserve uh, savings and, and investments and, and charity funds. Uh, and then other lodges are fortunate enough to have a almost like a working charity savings. So like my lodge, we have a, an extra savings that uh, account that we can use for charity work. But that can be internal charity work, can be external charity work. And there's a whole bunch of uh, hoops that we have to jump through to get it approved. And the Almoners Fund was, was made to geez, specifically uh, be used towards charity with our brothers, not to pay their dues, uh, but to help them out in times of need, whether you know they lose their job mm-hmm. or they have some medical issues. So just a little clarity on what our owners fund is. And, and, and there are other funds out there that we can use for internal and external, but the owners is internal only. I do know that uh, most lodges in Pennsylvania, as you've said, and actually throughout a whole lot of jurisdictions have a budget line item for that. My biggest issue was I don't remember us using it that much at all. And have we really used it? I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, and Jack's question was, have, is your lodge have, sorted have you worked, out? The, yeah, have you worked through how to, it's how a to work really fund it and get, yeah. Most it's of the a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, honestly, when we, when we first took the task on, we weren't really sure how to allocate funds. Um, we, have, we have our charity fund, and... Um, we weren't sure how we were supposed to do that. And then I think there was some confusing signals or information sent from Grand Lodge um, indicating or dictating how we were supposed to open accounts and so forth, and mm-hmm. there was some confusion there. Um, I spoke to the Worshipful Master recently and uh, past Worshipful Master Ron Carson, and I think it would be a good idea if we uh, create some kind of get-together for all the local almoners from the, from the various lodges you know, and try to brainstorm ideas and at least you know kind of a best practice kind of thing see okay what are you doing what are you doing how are you handling this because right now it feels like it's just kind of spinning around in circles mm-hmm. and we're trying to find direction i think i think it'll gain traction we're not there yet mm-hmm. um i'm i've i'm firmly behind it uh, but as a lodge and myself personally we, we're not really sure how to proceed with it mm-hmm. so that's where we're at well, I think it has a, a, a couple of opportunities present with this Almoners Fund. One is that you got to fund it somehow, right? Which means the guys got to get together and do stuff to raise money. Right. Um, so, so that's not a bad thing because, you know, you, you make friendships by sharing experience. And these are, some, you know, in some ways an opportunity to have shared right. experience, golf outings or, or whatever and, and that kind of stuff. And, and the, other, the other thing, like you say, is, is you know, really – being charitable. We talk a lot about charity, right. but, um, but there's more to it than just writing a check. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last year, soon after we started it, um, I put together what I referred to as the Almoner's Dinner, uh, and it was intended to be a fundraiser. It ended up being a very nice event for those that attended. Uh, the problem we had was we didn't have the attendance we needed to actually make any money. <laughs> <laughs> So we were there. The, the, yeah, yeah, heard the, that before. the food was excellent. Uh, there were drinks on uh, hand. Uh, political jokes are just flying around my head right now. Yeah, um, I won't. 
we just we just couldn't get the uh, the the attendance that we needed, and I was frustrated by that actually, mm-hmm. uh, which would probably be the topic of another show. Um, the number or the percentage of participation among members in the Blue Lodge activities, I think that's something that needs to be discussed. But you get really close to those twelve guys that do everything. Right, right, right. Maybe yeah, twelve, maybe yeah. ten. Right. right. Did you uh, when you were appointed the chairman for the committee? Did you have any expectations? Better yet, did the Lodge share any expectations with you? Uh, the Lodge initially did not share any expectations. I think they were just uh, really excited that I said that I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you, because I brought it up. Hey, so you're I, making eye contact again. Yeah, you got to stop that stuff. I brought it up, and uh, so I kind of feel I felt compelled to actually take it on since I felt responsible for bringing it up. Um, there was no one ever communicated anything to me, and I the almoners dinner i just kind of forged ahead with that on my own and i looking back i think maybe that's why the participation wasn't quite as large as we wanted uh i i really would like to do it again this year i think because of the people that did attend uh really enjoyed themselves and uh, i think word will spread that you know this was a nice time and maybe this year we'll get more attendance i feel like those things are going to take some time you know the uh your lodge my lodge and i would assume that that a number of lodges, at least in our area, do have a charity account. And, you know, in 43, we were lucky enough to uh, convert some of our charity into the Omners Fund. And, you know, I, I think that some of our lodges do raise some money, whether it's around dues time and there's, you know, additional lines in your dues notice if you want to donate to the charity fund or whatever. And this is brand new for a handful of our brothers. And I also think that the fundraising aspect is not very common, at least in our area, in Blue Lodge. It is in other bodies that we're in, but we're not very used to doing fundraising. And I've been saying in my lodge for the last couple of months, you know, we should really get ready to do some fundraising because we're lucky enough to occasionally get a bequeathment. We're lucky enough to sometimes get a nice donation, you know, through dues. But, you know, it's kind of like the trust fund kid who doesn't have a summer job. And maybe we need to get back into the, the, the Blue Lodge fundraising efforts. But it's going to take some time. Do you have any other questions, Larry? We're getting we're getting close no, to another no, potty I, break. No, no, I think we need to. Well, no, I don't need to potty break, but uh, I need to go in the corner and have a nervous breakdown. Go, uh, go sell some stuff, Larry. Okay. How about that? <laughs> and we'll be back. Hey there, listeners. This is Pete, and I wanted to tell you about MasonicScarves.com. Masonic Scarves offers full-color knitted soccer-style scarves, perfect for you to wear to lodge, out casually, or even to display in your home. I currently have in our lineup pretty much every Masonic body from Blue Lodge, York Rite, Scottish Rite, Grotto, Shrine. If you think about it, I probably have it. Are you a turtle? Well, you bet your sweet ass I have a scarf for that. So you can easily order online with a credit card, and I'll generally have your scarf in the mail the next business day. Do you need an easy fundraiser for your lodge or organization? I can have a custom scarf design delivered to you in about four weeks as long as you order a minimum of 50 pieces. I can help you with the artwork, and you'll have an original item that you can sell or hand out as a gift for visitors or past masters. Visit MasonicScarves.com or drop me an email at info at MasonicScarves, and I'll be glad to help you. Oh, we're going to have to sell the outtakes from this show. Hey, welcome (laughs) back, everybody. My next question to you, Ron, is one of the things I see here It seems that our efforts in our lodge and other lodges, from what I'm understanding, seem to be aimed at raising money. My question is, 
Is the Almoners Fund more than money? What else could be involved in it? Well, and, and and Ron, that's kind of the story that I was telling during the break. You, you guys, you guys didn't hear this, um, but uh, a couple of months ago, we live, of course, uh, regular listeners know we live in Amish country out here, and uh, there was a barn fire, and a guy lost his whole dairy barn and a couple of outbuildings, and he was just completely his farm was just completely wiped out, and as is typical in this area, within forty eight hours. There were a hundred Amishmen on his farm with lumber and nails and hammers. And within the end of that, I think it was three or four days, he had a brand new dairy barn built and done, right? And I looked at that and I said, man, that's a fraternity. That's a brotherhood, right? That's people that are ready to step out and put their feet on the street to help a brother. And that's kind of what I think is missing from that whole, you know, charitable thing that we're supposed to be doing. I don't think we, I don't think we exercise that well enough. No, I, I would agree. Um, as a, as a new, relatively new, uh, member of the craft, um, with two years over a little over two years, um, that's what I perceive. And, and, um, so I came in thinking, okay, this is, the brotherhood and we take care of one another and, and no one can compete with the Masons when it comes to charity. When, when you include all of the organizations of which I'm not a part yet, like I'm joining tall Cedar, So I'm not seeing all of that. I'm seeing blue lodge and at blue lodge, like we had mentioned during break as well, we're not seeing a lot of fundraising within that. Um, so yeah, I think that's where we need to be. I mean, maybe not at the level and efficiency as the Amish, uh, but, I know they're pretty good in, at that. Stuff. But in the same spirit, I mean, that's that kind of thing where you stand behind one another, I think, is important. And I think that's something that will help um, Masons move into the future. So here, here's something you can debate amongst yourselves at home. Um, I struggled with that when I was a new Mason. Uh, there was an, uh, an issue. Somebody was uh, one of the scout troops was asking for money or something. Oh, no, we can't give scouts money. And I, I was informed that the Blue Lodge itself is not by its charter a charitable organization. It's an organization that teaches its members to be charitable, which is a really subtle distinction, but very important. And it, it, it kind of clarified some of that for me. Now you get into the shrine and, and tall cedars and, and all, these, all the appendant bodies, all the appendant bodies have a charity that they support. Blue Lodge doesn't. You know, and, and that's where it comes to we should be supporting each other. Right. And I think that's kind of what's And I'm learning that. Yeah. Um, and that's when we're talking about the Almoners Fund, I think it's really important to remember that that's the structure, the existing structure. So I think people that have been in Lodge for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years, that's what they're accustomed to. So then when Blue Lodge is saying, hey, we want to raise money for another charity in Blue Lodge, it's something new and it's mm -hmm. something that's going to have to change. Um, and I think it will, but it, you know, anything that's new, especially apparently, I'm learning anything new among the Masons. It takes a while for that. What? No. <laughs> so just a little observation no. I've made. About as fast as a herd of turtles. <laughs> hey, some of those turtles are pretty fast. True. This is a very serious conversation here, and quite honestly, I need to go find beer. I know Pete's going to yell at us for being so serious. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> 
<laughs> do we need do we need to take another break already? Back to the bar, uh, no, no, no. A couple other questions for Ron. Oh, we said beer. I got excited. Uh, yeah, well, I thought uh, no. I'm actually give me a couple minutes here yet. Who would be the beneficiary of funds? Just Masons, just brothers. My understanding is it's uh, brothers of the lodge and their families. Yes. Uh, would be their spouse and dependent children. It's my understanding. Yeah. Um, even after death. Even after death, yeah, widows yes. and right. widows included. So the way my understanding, anyway, the way it works is someone, either individually they could approach me, or someone could give me the name of someone in need, and then that I would take that information to um, the worshipful master and the secretary, and we would decide what we're going to do, and we would make a proposal at a stated meeting, and that would have to be approved at the stated meeting. Uh, it can remain completely anonymous. We do not have to give the name of the person. We can give the name, but only with the permission of, of the person requesting help. Um, that's how it's supposed to work. We actually are right now, I think you mentioned in the last podcast, some, one of our brothers is in need. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're actually trying to figure out this. We're going to cut our teeth on this one, I think. And we're trying to figure out how to do it because we don't want to do it incorrectly. Um, and personally, oh, I'm, go ahead. Yeah. Come on. I just, mean, I'm not afraid. Just yeah. throw money out the window. As a, yeah. Funny. As a new Mason, <laughs> I want to try to stay on the rails as long as possible. But um, do you mean the process of using the money? The process of using money, the, the, just the very process of proposing it at Lodge and so forth. Um, we just want to make sure we're doing it correctly. So we've we got to keep it clean for the audit, guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> so 43 had an opportunity to use our, our almoners fund early on, and it was in between meetings, and we had to move pretty quickly. And we consulted with, now in our lodge, our charity chairman and our almoners chairman are the same person. And the call came to me as secretary, which I turned over to our charity chairman, and he took it to the district deputy and was approved. Uh, that was before they appointed the grand almoner. So now that we have a grand almoner who happens to be in our backyard, uh, he needs to be involved in that loop in that loop as well. But it's it's fairly simple process, and depending on the amount of money, I mean, there's a certain threshold that if it's under then I don't think that you need the grand almoner or the district deputy. You just take it to the lodge and make a motion, and away you go. Of course, as anonymous as possible. And if it's over a certain amount, then you need you know, the grand almoner and the DDGM. to uh, That's district deputy grandmaster for you non-Pennsylvanians. Well, it's those types, Approval. Of, those types of things, though, I think have to be printed out. Right. Um, I, my understanding is we don't have to go beyond lodge for permission. But I'm, you know, we're not sure. I mean, right. even uh, when we uh, brought the ometer in my lodge said that you have to go to the district deputy and he has to approve it. Yeah, See, and there's that's so they're in two lodges that are what uh, twelve miles apart. We have two different understandings right, of what the rules right. are. Right, and so that's, that's that's hopefully get cleared right, up. Right, right. To rewind a little bit, when I said we want to make sure we do it correctly, nobody's really sure what that is. Right. <laughs> we talked about it quite extensively after our last lodge meeting. So you first. <laughs> yeah. I think Paved the, the way for the rest of us. That's I think the, the spirit of the Almoners That's what Fund. He did. The, the, uh, I don't think that the district deputy is is going to. I mean, we 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 did a pretty chunky uh, donation, if you will, to help, and uh, district deputy was right on board. So, I mean, I think that we loop them in just to make sure there's nothing fraudulent. Not necessarily that's not worthy enough, but 
I think that if we bring it, no, I think to he him, just wants to know what's going on in right. his district, which yeah. is you know you, okay, yeah. come out of time, fine. Yeah. Uh, in conclusion, here and we're not closing the show down. John W. McNaughton, sovereign grandmaster of the Northern Jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite, wrote an article in Northern Lights that the t- and this is a quote: "The tide is certainly turning." Not something new, but rather back to our roots. And I think we can all try to answer this question. Do we feel this is happening? Ron, you start first. Well, uh, again, um, my uh, opinion is relative to the, my experience. But, exactly. But, um, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think that it is taking us back to our roots. From what I know of, you know, historical events and, and the parts that Mason have played through history— um, that supporting one another, you know, being a, a space for free thought, things of that nature. Um, I think this is in the spirit of, of past uh, masonry. And I think it's, I think it's a move in the right direction. Ron, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw something out here because it's come Don't up a couple of times. I'm, I'm going to, it's a softball, but I'm going to throw it. You as a master Mason are entitled to make any motion which you may suppose to be for the advantage or honor of the fraternity, right? You are as much a master mason as the 50-year member. So don't discount the fact that you're new, because we need new, right? And, right. and you're, you're a great example of that, and, and, and keep that up. But, uh, but don't, you don't need to discount the value of your newness, because I, I think it brings a lot positive to the lodge. Well, I appreciate that. And you're not the first person to tell me that. I just, I, you know, out of respect, you know, I don't know, just... No, um, we respect no one here at Masonic Light. Yeah, so, okay. No, yeah, it's no. all... If you're coming here for that, you're not going yeah. <laughs> to... But, you know, per, you know I, I am quite capable of, of running into things. Right. So I, I'm right. tr- I try to be respectful and play the politician a little bit. I know that's a dirty word. No, it's always good. It's always good. But, um... You know, in order to get things accomplished, sometimes right. you have to do that. And I just, I'm fearful of just hammering into things. So, yeah, I did that about 10 years ago and yeah, I was banished. <laughs> well, now I really am going to stand up, take these headphones off, and I'm going for a beer. Let's take a break. <laughs> All right. What? And yes. I think we'll be back with the news. Okay. Not really. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Some, All right. We'll be back. Take 20. <laughs> this is Rodney Horton, Worshipful Master of Harrisburg Snyder Lodge number 629, and you're listening to Masonic Light Podcast. Good news, everyone! Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. And uh, currently in Masonic news, according to the Past Bastard uh, Facebook page, uh, a, a new hipster lodge has been formed uh, to uh, give uh, millennial Masons an opportunity to express uh, their fraternity in a groovy kind of way. In a related issue, the uh, Lancaster Masonic Center will be welcoming the new Farmer's Lodge with uh, chicken pot pie at every meal. I'm all for that. I'm ready. Thank God. Because you just can't get enough chicken pot pie. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, I disagree with that. Sorry. And yeah, we're going to blend in some scrapple breakfasts, but never mind. That's for Pete. Um, so uh, in a completely unrelated story, um, and this is not ridiculous uh, as much, 
the uh, UGLE, the United Grand Lodge of England, um, has issued a set of internet protocols. So for all you social networkers, um, pay attention to what you're talking about because UGLE is watching, Pete. Thankfully, we're not in England. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but this goes along with the new Star Trek emblem that they came out with. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the square and, the square and Star Trek oh, emblem. That's a, that's yeah. a terrible looking It's beautiful. Logo. Yeah, let's, oh. let's take a, a 300-year-old trademark and, uh, and destroy it. Yeah. I, I, like, I love that. <laughs> Um, and finally, in, uh, in Masonic news, and this goes to be a little serious, and uh, I apologize for bringing the tone down a little bit, but uh, we do want to say uh, farewell, my brother, to um, a, a very great man and a very good Mason. Uh, brother Arnold Palmer passed away this week uh, at the age of 87. Um, Arnie was a, a 30, an illustrious 33rd degree uh, Scottish Rite Mason, and uh, just last year he was awarded the Demolay Legion of Honor. Um, and uh, you know, for those kids that were there at that ceremony to uh, bestow that honor on on uh, on Arnold Palmer was uh, must have been a really um, very cool um, ceremony. And uh, and that's something that they can carry with them. I know for me personally, um, and I, I posted this the other day. Um, Second to my father, I think Arnold Palmer was probably the greatest role model that I had as a young man growing up because I remember, I remember being a rabid Arnie fan as he was, as he was a champion. And, uh, and then up come these young lions, the, the Nicholas and Johnny Miller and those guys who just revised the game almost to the level that Tiger Woods would do you know, decades later. And I remember hating those guys because they were supplanting my hero. And, uh, and I got fixed by Arnie um, when I saw him congratulate Jack Nicklaus um, with a really hearty handshake and a big smile. And, uh, and he knew that it was time for him to step aside and, and allow the new young lions to take their place. And uh, I just thought that was a very class act. And uh, He did get back at people, though. He built the damnedest golf courses throughout the United States <laughs> and the world that would tax any human being's mind. Yes, he did. And God bless him for that. And that's a legacy that we'll have for a very long time. So we thank you for that, Arnie, and, uh, and farewell on your journey to the West. P.A. Mason, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Le, uh, no, Latrobe. Latrobe. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, farewell. Anything else in the news, Jack? Uh, I don't have anything. Sorry about that. But no, uh, man. No, well, you know what? We're going to boring week. We'll take a break and we'll come back in a second and play one of our games with our guest, and uh, we'll bring the spirit back up. Jeez, that'd be downer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hello, this is Scott Coons, Worshipful Master of Mount Olivet Lodge, number 704, advising you to listen to the Masonic Light Podcast. This is Dennis O'Connor, the thrice potent master of the Lancaster Lodge of Perfection, and you're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. So you're probably expecting Masonic Would You Rather, but we have decided 
uh, that we are going to have a number of games, and eventually we, we, we being Jason has decided. Yes, Jason has decided. But I, our producer, I tried. I want to loop you guys in. So if you have some ideas about games that we could play, uh, I think what's going to happen in uh, future episodes is we're going to maybe make a wheel or draw out of a hat of what game we are going to play with our guest. Oh, the voiceovers! I've already got the wheel of games. <laughs> Come on, you got to do it. Nice. Do it. Like All right, it. so. We're going to play 30 Seconds with uh, with Ron. And 30 Seconds with Ron, we're going to put... This 30... isn't like seven minutes in heaven, is it? No, like, no. Okay, all right. Okay. No, I only need like, right. you know, never that's mind. that's a whole different lodge. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the, that's the man bun lodge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, starting, I'm starting to become concerned here. All right, so we, got, we have 30 seconds. Jack's going to start the timer. We have 30 seconds to get through 10 questions. Oh, my God. All right, and they're, they're pretty much and or or quick answer questions. So... We're gonna to try to get through all ten. And are you are you ready? Can I pass ready? any of these? No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. Whenever you're ready, Jack. And start. No, wait. Oh, wait. No. No. Go. No. Stop. Wait. Starting. Go. What is your full name? Ronald Christopher Schwartz. <clears throat> what lodge are you from? Uh, Lamberton 476. What's your favorite degree? Um, third. Chicken pot pie or prime rib? Prime rib. Heck yeah. Who uh, would play you in a movie? Who would play me in a movie? That's a good one. How about Cavill, Superman? Okay, I'll go with that. What would be your theme song? Uh, the, the, the theme of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Who's your favorite Hoover? Or <laughs> Scott. Oh, I think we're over. Jack, you're supposed we're to tell over. me. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. And that was 30 Seconds with Ron. Oh boy. <laughs> Yay, good job. <laughs> Uh, we had we had a couple other in there, but uh, we'll have to save them for next time. <laughs> uh, that's all I have for fun and games, guys. So uh, that was beautiful. I think we. Uh, if you have anything else to wrap up with, Larry. Uh, a couple things. One thing, Ron, for you. A brother from Lamberton who I chatted with today asked me if I would ask you a question. Oh God. And I'm going to mention his name, Brother Larry Hudson. Okay. He said something about the fact that he knows you don't know all the secrets of Freemasonry. However, can you tell me how to get some free work done by the men at Thaddeus Stevens? Um, he needs a secret password to do that. Yeah, an unmarked envelope with... Um, <laughs> yeah. That's good. Bill, Bill's smaller than 20s. Uh, we didn't even get into the Thaddeus Stevens conversation. It's a pretty easy process. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Didn't. No, that would have been a good right. one right there. That could there. be another show, actually. Yeah, that's an anti-Mason thing, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, oh, one more thing, too. This is bowling. <laughs> You're chairman of the fellowship committee. We met one night right. at a pizza place, and we had a great meeting. And somehow the entire meeting deteriorated around forming a bowling team of Masons. Needless to say, I was horrified at that. Well, no, this is no, this 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 is a thing. This is like um, a small groups lodge, right? When you get a church that's too big, you break it down into small groups, right? Yeah, and I so, resent the term that deteriorated. It deteriorated. Into the, it deteriorated. Yeah. When when we discussed chicken pot pie, bowling, uh, bowlers uh, lodge. Wait, you could have shooters yeah. lodge, and you know. Well, we, we, but they uh, sat there for 15 minutes trying to come up with a name for this bowling team. Well, Stone Gutters, yeah. I think, kind of won. I out. like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. See, look, you're laughing already. And it's, 
Yeah, that oh, could that could go in a couple directions right there. Oh, there were more colorful ones. That was that's uh, Rolling that's Stones. Kind of the yeah. Stone Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I had to bring that up. Um, we're ready to go into Larry's ramblings, I believe. Oh yeah. no! Oh wait, oh. here we go. And uh, any comments you hey, want to make no, along no, the way? But, no, not yet. Let's go. Let's take let's <laughs> <laughs> let's take uh, one more quick break. So we can listen to one of our lovely ads and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Sounds good to me. All right. The Red Serpent by Larry Maris. One man's obsession to avenge the death of his wife uncovers a long hidden ancient blueprint to perfect the world for future generations. Visit www.larrymaris.com. All right, and we're back, and I think we're about to call it quits here on episode number 14. There is something. For yeah. something, yeah. I believe so. Uh, what do you guys have going on? Let's keep it quick. What do we got going on this upcoming uh, well, week or two? I, I, I will start by saying that uh, uh, the October 10th uh, broadcast actually <laughs> will, be, will be shared with Jack Aquilina, who is uh, a member of the... Uh, lodge in Victoria, Australia, and who was one of the founders of the Blue Lounge and their own, actually, podcast. So we'll be doing a Skype call with him, and he's invited to the show, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, Jack is a heck of a guy. Yeah, he's great. Ooh, this is like technology oh, and stuff. Yeah. Skype yeah, no. and here's a good it's one. It's like teleportation. On October the 23rd, we're having one of the best and one of the well-known opera stars in the world, Barry Banks, is doing a remote podcast. He's coming to the Grotto Halloween Hoot Nanny, and we're doing remote from the Harrisburg area. And he's a heck of a guest. Let me tell you, this guy's got a sense of humor. He is from Great Britain. You might have some trouble understanding him. He's got a heck of an accent. But other than that, good guy. Good guy. All right. That's guys- pretty much. Oh, yeah. Also, too, first uh, meeting in November. Really, the grand almoner himself, Russell W. Baker, will be our guest. So we're going to get the almoner fund from the head guy of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. Should be interesting. Nice. Do you guys have anything brewing in the next couple weeks? No? No. No. I will say, I will throw <laughs> Zero position. Oh, are we allowed to say that? What? Beep that. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, will, I will say, I will say Watch one thing. Watch me talk language, will you? We're going to so, have. No, that's, you got to cut Larry the steamroller. Oh, jeez. We are going to have a Christmas special. And it will be the, uh, I think, about 10th or 12th. I won't give you the exact Is that the Perry date. Como hour? And actually, that's going to be very interesting because we're going to do a joint broadcast podcast with the good folks in Australia. We're both going to be live and on the air, and it is going to be one raucous event. Brought to light, L-I-T-E. Yeah, brought to light, exactly. All right, can I say something? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, October 12th, for all of our local Grotto members or prospective Grotto members, we have Jack Harley, who's sitting right across from me. He's going to be the guest speaker at Lodge 43's stated meeting. Uh, a little recruiting for Grotto. We're going to have pot pie, shocker, oh my uh, God. for dinner, and uh, refreshments, non-alcoholic, because we're at the Masonic Center, uh, provided by Grotto in the evening. But uh, we got uh, the okay to call off from labor for the actual 
program so we can wear our fezes. So if you're a Garado member in the area, October 12th, 6.30 for dinner, 7.30 stated meeting, and we're going to do all the oohs and ahs and the, the fun stuff we do at Grotto. Uh, the one-day class is coming up, so uh, we should probably give them a one last shameless plug. So I think it's too late to do Blue Lodge, but if you're interested in Scottish Rite or Shrine, there's still opportunities. Find your local secretary in Pennsylvania. That's statewide. How come York Rite gets skunked on those one-day classes? I saw... In one of the Not fl- that I want it to happen, but just why. I saw in one of the flyers, York Wright mentioned, but it was one lodge as a notice, so I don't know if there's any truth to that. Mm. I would reach out to your local York Wright District Deputy Grandmaster. Anything for you, Ron? Anything uh, going no, on? Nothing nothing for me other than the regular state of meeting. Toiling in the quarry. <laughs> yes. There you go. Nice. Well, take us out of here, Larry. All right, folks. It's time for Larry's Ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> ah, special thanks to the Four Seasons Golf Club for allowing us to do our first remote uh, podcast. And let me tell you, the scenery here, guys, is beautiful. Also, thanks to the Tall Cedars Forest. What are we, Forest? What, 47, 26? Shit. No. Nope. <laughs> 20, 27? Uh, it might be 27. Episode 27? I don't know. Yeah. For their, uh, for their cooperation in allowing... For their cooperation in allowing us to totally screw up their meeting. We love these guys. Also to our co-host, Pete Ruggieri, who is noticeably absent again. He's on a cruise somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle. Or at least he was. Thanks to our, yeah, that's true. Uh, Thanks to our producer and co-host, Jason Lewis. Glad to be here. Our special guest, Ron Lewis. I mean, Ron (laughs) Schwartz. Oh my! I he had, was adopted during I, one I, of the breaks. I, yeah. Yeah. I had an yeah. eye tremor at that time. Our special guest, Ron Schwartz, and the Jack Harley, Harley, who always manages to come through and helping <laughs> make this broadcast. I'm snorting. I'm so sorry. Talk about deteriorating. Uh, incidentally, Jack, he volunteered to be our new news director, so he'll be hearing a lot from him. And really, he looked at us, and that was it. Oh, I, actually, uh, I, I do. Have, ooh, I, I have something. Um, one of our, one of uh, your brothers, I think, uh, son is being entered, passed, and raised on a, on a one-day, three-degree thing, and I'm going to get to do a third degree right. in the Egyptian room at Grand Lodge Hall. That's right. So I am stoked for that one. That's brother Sean Spinago, who owns DNS Cigar Store. Free, Shameless free plug. plug. You owe us Shameless, now. absolutely. Uh, he does listen to this podcast. So shout out to Sean for getting this all set up. Sounds like a road trip. Also, good news. Bus. Really good news, guys. Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's been following this. We have good news on our field reporters. I'm a blather and not a worthy. They were found in Nepal. How they got there, I have no idea, but. They're, they're Nepal safe and sound. And uh, recognition to the new law firm that we've hired, Blast, Blast, and Boomer, out of, you guessed it, Washington, D.C. They're fired. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, this is Larry Maris. Jason Lewis. Jack Harley. Ron Schwartz. Good night and have a great day. Oh, I wanted to say, let me record it. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Leave this all. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Good night and have a great day. Good Lord.